0: Hey, family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now, let's go live into this week's message. Today... And uh, so if you have your Bibles or your devices, go to Genesis chapter 32. Amen. And uh, David, I want you to know that this, this sermon today is for you because uh, I didn't want <laughs> to preach this. Uh, but y'all know that crazy Cheeto colored man in the White House make you say things <laughs> that you don't want to say. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to begin reading at... You know what? I'm going to read at verse 22. Or verse 24, excuse me. All the way to verse 32. Genesis chapter 24. When you have it, say, I got it. Amen. If you're still looking, stop being slow. Most of y'all ain't got no paper Bibles anyway. You can just... Tap the book, tap the chapter, tap the verse. So if you ain't found it by now, you tripping, you going too slow. (laughs) I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. I'm prophesying that in a week or two, we'll have some screens for you. But until then, uh, follow along as best you can. It says, then Jacob was left alone. Thanks, Mike. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh so that the socket of his thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him verse 26 he said then he said let me go for the dawn is breaking but he being Jacob said i will not let you go unless you bless me so he said to him what is your name and he said jacob and he said you shall no longer be jacob but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he asked, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him. Everybody say blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face Yet my life has been preserved. And so the sun rose upon him as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. Amen. I want to draw your attention for the sake of emphasis back to verse 26. Then he said, let me go. Somebody say, let me go. For the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you give me my wall. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject, I'm shutting down the government. I'm shutting down the government. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm shutting down the government. On Friday at about 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the United States Congress, along with the 45th President of the United States, reached a deal to end the longest government shutdown in American history. For 35 days, nearly 800,000 federal employees were forced to endure a new form of slavery as they were forced to go to work on their jobs without pay. And while both Republicans and Democrats bear the blame for allowing the shutdown to continue for as long as it did, it was not the Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi or the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell who was at the center of the controversy but rather it was President Donald J. Trump who on December 11, 2008, in a meeting in his office with Democratic leadership, declared that he would be happy to force a government shutdown and jeopardize the livelihood of nearly a million Americans if Congress didn't give him $5.7 billion to build a wall. While Flint still has lead in its water while millions of Americans live beneath poverty, while millions of Americans, both black and white, need government assistance to still recover from Hurricane Katrina that happened nearly 20 years ago. He says, I want $5.7 billion to build a wall to keep brown people out of a country that white people stole from brown people that lived here when they got here. And although I could spend all day talking about unfit 45, I could talk about how he is categorically unfit to hold the highest office in the land, I could talk about how his moral compass, although worse than Barack Obama has allowed white privilege to call him the savior of the United States, when he's had more wives than King Solomon. When I could talk about how the fact, I could talk about the fact that he has single-handedly made the United States, which is the strongest nation in the world, weakest in the world. One thing I can say he got right, although misguided, he was stubborn enough to make a declaration that I need something and I don't care who it hurts. I don't care who talk about me on the news. I don't care what people think about me. I'm not going to stop until I get what I need. And although I would never make 45 someone that we should model ourselves after, the reality of our lives is simply this, beloved. Many of us won't get what we need from God because we give up too easy. Many of us won't get what we want God to give us because we quit too soon. And the reality of our lives is, I believe that this is a season of our lives where God is blessing desperate people, okay? you ain't gonna say nothing to me. I, I believe this is a season of our lives where God is blessing people who are too desperate to take no for an answer, God help me. And is there anybody here who can testify that in 2018 you tried to be cute, you tried to play little, pray little quick cute prayers and you tried to be sweet and sophisticated but you didn't get what you needed so you decided that in 2019 I'm not going to stop until I get everything that I need God to give me. Okay, I guess I'm preaching to the wrong church. I guess I gotta preach myself happy. See, there were some things that I wanted in 2018 and I wasn't persistent about them. I didn't chase them, I acted like they would passively come to me uh, and I didn't get them. And so now I'm sitting here at the top of 2019 wondering, God, how am I going to get it? And God said, this is a season where I'm not blessing passive people, but I'm blessing people who are desperate enough to hold on until they get everything that they need from me. God, help me. And is there anybody here who can develop a Trump-like attitude and say, I don't care who doesn't like it. I don't care who come at me crazy on Twitter. I don't care who gets tired of me asking. I don't care who talks about me, who lies on me, who gets tired of me praying for it over and over and over again. I've decided that in this year, I'm not going to let go until I get what I need. Who am I preaching to in the building? Is there anybody here who decided that in 2019, I'm not going to let go until I get exactly what it is that I need? God to give me and if you really believe that then as we dive into the new year you got to know that if we truly want to be transformed if we truly want to get what God wants or wants to give us then we got to be willing to hold on to God until we get what we need you can't let go God help me God is looking for some clingy people God help me Uh, God is looking for some folk anybody ever dated a clingy person Uh, some of y'all have been the clingy person that people have dated some of us gotta attachment issues God help me but God says whereas your boyfriend or your girlfriend will get mad because you clingy God wants some clingy Christians uh, who got trouble letting go God help me oh God I know that that dream look like it ain't gonna happen I know that that miracle looks like it's not gonna happen I know that it looks like I'm not gonna be married by the date I said and I'm not gonna get the job that I wanted and that my family looks crazy but I'm clingy I got attachment issues I got trouble letting go God help me do me a favor touch somebody and say I I got trouble letting go y'all gonna wake up in a minute it's raining on the outside but I feel the holy ghost God says I'm looking for some people that will be like Jacob and declare that I'm not letting this thing go and the beloved I told you last week that this is what's happening in our text Jacob is on the run from his brother Esau and while he's on the run from his brother Esau he has an encounter a wrestling match in the middle of the night but the person that he's wrestling is not his brother that he thought he would fight against but the person that he's wrestling is his bro, is is god himself and while he's wrestling with god the bible says that when daybreak got ready to come god said jacob i need you to let this thing go i need you to give up now i need you to cry uncle i need you to tap out of this wrestling match but jacob says something that blesses me and i hope sets you up for the rest of the year jacob says i'm not going to let you go unless you bless me and i don't know who i'm preaching to But is there anybody here that can say, I'm not going to let go of what I'm asking God for unless God gives me exactly what I need. Jacob says, look, I know I'm in your presence right now. Uh, You're in the presence. Jacob says, I'm in the presence of Almighty God. I'm not wrestling with just anybody. I'm wrestling with somebody who can bless me. And so Jacob's tenacity, beloved, teaches us two things. Number one, it teaches us that we need to learn to maximize moments in God's presence. Oh, God. Jacob said, look, I don't care what you got to do when you get through here, uh, but while I got you here, I'm not going to let you go until I get what I need. That's why every time when we come in here, I know it gets on your nerves. It seems like we sing a long time and worship lasts forever, but I'm trying to get you to understand that you got to maximize moments in the presence of God. God does something in his house, God help me, that he don't do at your house, God help me. It doesn't matter how much you sing at your house. It doesn't matter how much you worship at your house. It doesn't matter how much you pray at your house. God is not obligated to show up in a tangible way in your house but he promised that when you came into the sanctuary if my people, God help me, who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I'll hear their land. God says you got to learn how to maximize moments in my presence. The truth of the matter is if God is here why not get what you need? There is no reason for you to leave here the way that you came. There is no reason for you to walk out of here as mean and as nasty and as trifling and as broken and as depressed and as anxious as you came in here if you are in the presence of an almighty God. And Jacob says God while I got you here I'm going to hold you here until you give me what I need. But not only do we need to learn to maximize moments in God's presence but beloved we got to understand that our success is not based on our ability but our success is based on God's blessing. Notice that when Jacob is holding on to God, Jacob don't ask God for more money. He don't ask God for more connections. He don't ask God for a better marriage. He don't even ask God for a better relationship with his brother. He says, God, I'm not going to let you go unless you give me a blessing. God, help me. You missed it. Uh, Jacob says, I can't ask you for tangible stuff because getting tangible stuff is what got me here in the first place. Jacob was a thief. He was a crook. He was a liar. He stole his brother's birthright and sold his brother's inheritance and tricked his uncle out of, him, out of those sheep and tricked his uncle out of both of his daughters as wives. And the Bible said that Jacob is here now and he's saying what I can do in my flesh can not get me to the next level. Only a blessing from God can get me where I need to be. And is there anybody here who can testify today? I need a blessing from God. I need a blessing from God. Y'all ain't trying to get with me, but I'm coming to get you in a second. You don't need a promotion. You need a blessing. God, help me. Because if you don't get a blessing, you'll mismanage this salary the same way you mismanaged the last salary. You don't need a new relationship. You need a blessing because if you get a new relationship with your old attitude, you'll run the last man off the way you ran this one off. Or you run this one off the way you ran the last one off. You don't need a new group of friends. You need a blessing because the blessing will give you the courage to say no and set up boundaries so those people won't run you ragged. You need a blessing from the Lord. So Jacob says, Look here, Uh, (laughs) Jacob says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Pastor Josh, you said that the title of the message is I'm shutting down the government. Why? Why? Why would you call it? I'm shutting down the government. Uh, It's because when I did my research while I'm preparing for this sermon, we often look at the text as if the people are like us and we don't understand the contextual value of the text. Jacob was not a believer, he wasn't a Christian. Matter of fact, Jacob wasn't even a Jew yet, Jacob was a pagan who had an encounter with a real God. As a matter of fact, we could argue that the wrestling match was a part of Jacob's conversion story. Jacob didn't know God. All Jacob knew were the gods of his past and of his people. So Jacob is a pagan. And although we understand that God ain't got to be in heaven to be in heaven because he's everywhere at the same time. The pagans of that day believed that in order for a new day to come in successfully, that God had to be in heaven overseeing the sunrise. Jacob believed that in order for the next day to happen the right way, that God had to be there making sure that the stars faded and that the sun came up and that he wiped the black out of the sky as pagans believe. So when the angel says, let me go, because day is breaking, Jacob hears, let me go, because I got to go to heaven and do my job. And what Jacob says is, I don't care about the next day, because I can't face tomorrow unless you give me what I need right now. So I don't care who needs you to bring tomorrow. I'm going to hold you hostage right here, God help me, until you give me what I need. Jacob literally says, I'm shutting down the government of heaven, God help me. Until God gives me the blessing that I need, God help me. And some of y'all are so crazy, you don't even get that. Jacob says, look here, you need to understand something. God, I can't face tomorrow unless you bless me. God, I can't do what I need to do unless you bless me. God, I can't live how I need to live unless you bless me. So I don't care about tomorrow, I need a blessing right now. And is there anybody here who's desperate enough to say, I will shut down heaven with my prayers until God does something for me that no one else is able to do. So what does it mean? Jacob says, I'm, I'm shutting down the government. What does it mean to hold on to God? Huh. I got to move quick. What does it mean to hold on to God? It means to decide that no matter what happens, no matter how crazy I look to the people around me, And even if I got to walk away limping, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go of God until God gives me what I want. And I got four quick things I want to show you in the text and then we'll be out of here. Number one, Jacob declares by way of the text, I won't let go. Hear me, even though the process is painful. Yeah. Look at verse 25. It says, When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh so that his thigh was dislocated as he wrestled with him. While he's wrestling with him, Jacob has dislocated his hip. And so every movement that Jacob makes to wrestle with the man is causing him pain, which means that the process of change included pain god help me and many of us can admit if we're honest That there were things about our lives and dysfunctions in our lives that we decided to live with because the change was too painful. God, help me. But if we really want to change, we got to understand that pain is the price tag for transformation. God, help me. Y'all missed it. Let me say it again. Pain is the price tag for transformation. You can't change without pain. God, help me. You can't grow without pain. You can't move to another level without pain. And if you try to avoid pain, You will also avoid promotion. God help me if you try to avoid pain You will also forfeit the right to go to the next level God help me now Look at this the pain that Jacob was feeling beloved hear me good was not because the enemy was attacking him Wasn't cuz the devil was upset with him, but Jacob was in pain hear me because God touched him You missed it look it wasn't because Satan sent haters to bother him. He wasn't hurting because he didn't pay his tithe and God touched his money. He was hurting because God put his hand on him. God, help me. Oh, Lord. And we live in a season where everybody wants to be in the forefront, but they can't handle the pain of being touched. God, help me. Uh, Because anybody who's anointed understands that the truth is, it hurts sometimes when God touches you. God, help me. Oh, Lord, and can I tell somebody that sometimes you're suffering, not because the devil is upset with you, but you're suffering because you've been selected. God, help me. Oh, because God has touched you. I know you thought that God was mad at you. I know that that bad theology that you've been sitting under your whole life told you that if you had trouble in your life, it's because God was upset with you. But sometimes the marker, God, help me, that God's hand is on your life is that you will experience pain and trial and tribulation and hell and high water. You're going through not because you're you're bad, but you're going through because you've been chosen. God, help me. God has put his hand on you. You have been selected. God, help me. And because you've been selected, God has to break you before he promotes you because if he promotes you without breaking you, you will mess up the place of your promotion with those bad character that you learned before he broke you. So before God takes you to the next level, he has to hurt you. He has to let some people walk away from you. Some relationships got to fall apart. Some opportunities have to go in the mud. God has to take some things from you to make you into who it is. He's calling you to be because you got to be broken before you can be blessed. So Jacob says, I won't let go even though the process is painful. But then secondly, verse 26, he says, I won't let go, even though my situation seems to demand it. Uh, I won't let go, even though my situation seems to demand it. Verse 26, he said, then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God help me. Oh." Now, you got to understand at this particular point in the text, Jacob does not understand that he is wrestling with his God. Uh, He just knows that he's wrestling with somebody who's stronger than him, somebody who is more powerful than him, somebody with the power possibly to set things right. Right. So I don't want you to think that this is teaching disobedience to God, because at this point in the text, Jacob doesn't know he's talking to God yet. Doesn't find that out until the end of verse 29. But what it is teaching is that sometimes God is testing you. Because you do understand that if God really wanted Jacob to let him go, all he had to do was identify himself. But the fact that God does not identify himself lets us know that God is trying to teach Jacob another principle, and that is this. That sometimes divine transformation requires you to hold on even when your situation is saying, let it go. He's holding on. Fighting for his life. And his situation says, let me go. Let it go, Jacob. It's not going to happen for you. You're not going to. And what, are, what do you do? What do you do when your situation is talking to you? And all the signs in your situation say, don't you start that business? Don't you try to get that house? Don't you apply for that promotion? Let it go. But here's the thing. In verse 26, Jacob is told to let it go. But in chapter 32, the same chapter, verse number nine, Jacob declares that God had made him a promise that he would prosper. So his situation is saying one thing. But the promise is saying something else. God, help me. And so you're able to fight against what your situation says. God, help me. When you remember what it is that the Lord has already told you. So your situation is saying one thing, God help me, but God is saying another. Your situation is speaking, God help me, uh, but, your si- but God has already spoken and sometimes we got to quit worrying about what our situation is saying and learn how to think about what God has already said. I know it looks like you're at the back of the line, but God said you're the head and not the tail. I know it looks like you're not going to make it and you don't have enough to meet your needs, but God said I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know you got sickness in your body and the doctor doesn't understand how it's going to be healed, but I said that you were I was wounded for your transgressions. I, I was bruised for your iniquities, that the chastisement that brought you peace was upon me and by my stripes you're healed. your situation is talking, but you got to decide who you're going to listen to. Every day, not just on Sundays. You gotta make a decision on what preacher you're gonna listen to. God help me. Because you do understand that every false idol has false prophets. So, the false idol of fear has a preacher that wants to preach to you every single day. God help me. That the same way God is preparing a message for your life and for your health and for your benefit, that false prophet, that fear demon, that liar, that anxiety is preparing a sermon to preach to you. But you got to decide what radio station you're going to tune into. God help me. Every morning when you wake up, you got to declare, I'm not going to listen to the report of the enemy. I'm not going to allow that thing to get into my spirit. I know what the facts are. I'm I'm not crazy. That's what makes me have faith. I understand that my situation looks bad right now. But I also understand that no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. And you got to decide who you're going to listen to in this season of your life. Okay. So I won't let go even though the process is painful. Jacob says I won't let go even though my situation seems to demand it. Thirdly. Ah, uh, Lord, help me preach. I won't let go even if I have to face my past. Uh, huh. Verse 27. It's simple. He says, "What is your name?" And he says, "Jacob." Huh. God." does not ask Jacob what his name is because he needs an introduction. He asked Jacob what his name is because Jacob's name was a statement of his character. Because the word Jacob in the Hebrew literally means heel grabber. Heel grabber In the Hebrew language was a slang term, a colloquialism for a trickster, for a liar, for a supplanter, for somebody who would win at all costs, didn't care who he hurt. Uh, uh, As a matter of fact, uh, if we were naming people according to their character, 45's name would probably be Jacob, not Donald. Because Jacobs are people who get what they want at all costs and they don't care who they hurt. And so when God asks Jacob what his name is, he's asking Jacob to be honest about who he's been up to this point. Because God knows that I can't turn you into who you're meant to be until you're honest about who you've always been. God help me. And some of us are trying to skip to transformation But before transformation comes confrontation. God help me. But what the devil does. Is the devil uses shame. To stop you from confronting who you've always been. So that you can't become. Who it is that God wants you to become. And when we're confronted with shame. We do one of two things. We either make believe. Or we make excuses. Yeah. We either make believe. We act like it didn't happen. Or like our past ain't as ugly as we want to pretend like it is. You know, we make believe. Uh We start saying stuff like I'm not what I did and I forgive me. But really, you ain't confronted what it is you need to be forgiven for. We say stuff, make blanket statements, like I know I'm not perfect. I I know i got skeletons in my closet, but you won't acknowledge what the skeletons are. Ain't no anonymous bodies in your closet. Everybody that's in your closet, you put them there. And you know them by name. But we make believe. Or, here's one, I I knew I was gonna hit somebody in a minute. Uh, We make believe, or we make excuses which means we blame the flaws in our character on people and their actions against us. See, when I said make believe, y'all was, ooh, amen, yes, that's somebody over there. But you still blaming your ex for how you treat your husband. You blaming that girl that rejected you in high school for how you treat your spouse right now. You blaming your last pastor for why you won't tithe at this church. But how many of you understand that you're not responsible for what people do to you. You are responsible for how you respond to it. God is not going to ask you what happened to you. He's going to ask you what you did. And when you're confronted with shame. The reason why you can't make an accurate assessment of who you've been is because you're too busy blaming other folk. So you don't realize how bad it is for you to be Jacob, that you can go to hell for acting like Jacob the same way they're going to go to hell for making you Jacob. You'll hold a resentment against them and be in hell with them when you could go to heaven and let them go. God help me. You mad at people who have forgotten about you, wouldn't even, you done lost weight, you look better, you done found a hairdresser, you show up to your 10-year reunion, they wouldn't even recognize you. And you mad at folk that don't even know you exist no more. Let it go. Do y'all have what I'm saying? He says, look, what is your name? God doesn't call us then to make believe he doesn't call us to make excuses but the gospel calls us to make a confession what is your name who have you been let's let's be honest you know I'm trifling that's my name what do they call you Uh, I got whole tendency I'm sorry I'm, I'm promiscuous That's my name. I'm judgmental. That's my name. I'm rebellious, which is as the sin of witchcraft. That's my name. I talk too much. That's my name. I got a smart mouth. And James... James, Jesus' little brother said that if anybody claims to be religious but can't control their mouth, that man is a liar and his religion is in vain. I got false religion. That's my name. I know all the church lingo. I can shout on cue. I know when to say amen, but my life is filthy. What's your name? But what I love about God is God does not ask him his name to embarrass him. God asked him his name because God can't eliminate what you won't identify. God, help me. God don't do drone strikes like the United States over Arab nations. God sends targeted assaults. And God says, I can't eliminate it if you won't identify it. But if you got the courage to call it out, God has the power to cast it out. God help me. And I don't know who I'm preaching to in the building. You got to get some courage to testify about who you've been so that God can transform you into who it is. He wants you to be. God, I wish I could preach that a little bit harder. I got to move. Uh, He says, I won't let go even though the process is painful. I won't let go, even though my situation seems to demand it. I won't let go, even if I have to face my past. (laughs) Don't run. Let me ask you a question. Let me me ask you a question. How crazy would it be (laughs) uh, if you walked into your kid's room, those of y'all who have parents, and you saw your kid running from a stuffed animal? Running from something that doesn't have any life. Afraid of something that can't hurt them. God help me, you missing it. Running away from something that has no power over them. And as crazy as your kid would look to you doing that, that's how you look to God running from your past. Because Colossians 2 says that Christ has killed the old you. That he nailed it to the cross with Jesus. God, help me. But if you don't acknowledge who it is that you've always been, God can't turn you into who it is he's called you to be. Oh, Lord, I got to quit. Okay. Uh, so I won't, I won't let you go. Uh, even though the process is painful. Somebody say painful. painful. Uh, pain is the price tag for transformation. I won't let you go. Even though... My situation seems to demand it. I've got to learn how to listen to the right preacher. My situation is talking, but God is talking too, and i got to wake up every day and decide to hear God and not my circumstance. Thirdly, I won't let you go, even if I'm forced to face my past, because God is not forcing me to face my past to embarrass me. He's forcing me to face my past so that he can bless me, because he can't eliminate what I won't identify. But then fourthly, and I'm finished. I won't let go, even if my results are delayed. Look at what he says, verse 28, and I'm done. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. Says you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. That bothers me. Because I read real good. I've been reading for a long time. My mom uh, reminded me yesterday, because uh, you know how many of y'all know that parents remember stuff that you don't remember? You know what I mean? So my mom tells me uh, that I'm slacking as a parent. Because she sent me to school reading. They didn't have to teach me to read. So I've been reading for a long time. And when I read the Bible, I feel like I understand it. So when I read it, it bothered me. Uh, Because he says, you have striven with God. Right? That's past tense. And you have striven with man. That's past tense. And you have prevailed. But I got a problem with that. Because I can see in the text where he's striven with God. That just got finished. But he's not striven with the man that he's going to strive with yet because he ain't met Esau yet. But God declares that he's overcome before he's came. How can you overcome something you ain't came to yet? God help me. He, He says you've striven with God, past tense, wrestling match, walking with a limp. But you've striven with man. He don't see Esau until the next chapter. But God declares him an overcomer. God help me. God changes Jacob's name before He changes Jacob's nature. God help me. He says you're Israel, but on the inside, God help me, I still feel like Jacob. God help me. On the inside. I still feel like lying. Matter of fact, I just did some trickery before I got here. Because what I didn't tell you last week is when he sent his family over the ford of Jabbok, he wasn't sending them away from Esau. He was sending them to Esau, hoping that if Esau saw his wife and children, that he would have mercy on them and give him a chance to get away. Which is probably why the angel dislocated his hip, so that he wouldn't be able to run away before Esau caught him. God help me. I'm still a trickster in my heart, but you've called me Jacob. And the true test of your faith is the ability to believe that you are who God says you are. Even when you don't feel different, God help me. Even when you still got the same desires. Because there are going to be days when you don't feel it, God help me. But how many of you know that our faith is not dictated by feeling, God help me. But it's dictated by what God says. God help me. I'm finna make somebody mad in here. I feel it. Uh, But you got to understand that there are going to be days when you don't feel like being a Christian. But Christianity is not determined by how you feel. God help me. It's determined by what God says. And feelings are real. God gives them to us. But our feelings have to pale in comparison to what the word of God said. So I feel like cussing you out. God help me. But I'm going to stay safe because he said no corrupt communication should come out of your mouth. I feel like walking away and not going to church no more because church folk get on my nerves and some of the greatest pain in my life I've suffered at the hands of church people but even though I feel that he says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together but not only that Lord have mercy so (laughs) God changes Jacob's name in verse 28. But there is no indication that the wrestling match is over, Pew, until the end of verse 29 when he blesses him. This presents for me a problem because it means that Jacob has been changed, but he's still wrestling. That, 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 That Jacob has been changed but he's still fighting god help me and some of us feel like our change ain't real because god changed us but we still fighting god help me i i i don't want to walk down your street but but if i could just ease down the highway for a second uh uh some of y'all are for real changed but you for real struggling with some stuff. God help me. Uh, you still like what you used to like. You still got those numbers in your phone. You you, you still remember what your favorite drink at the club tastes like. And you still uh, know that you can text Hey Big Head to that person and they'll hit you up and come over in the middle of the night. You changed but you still fighting. God help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Is there anybody here that can say I'm changed but I'm still fighting? I know I'm a nice guy on the outside uh, but there are times when I'm in traffic and somebody look at me and give me the finger and I want to put my car and park at the stoplight and yank him out the window like I used to before I met Jesus. I'm changed. But I'm still fighting. And don't allow anybody to make you feel like your change ain't real because you're still fighting. Because you do realize, beloved, that transformation is not the finish line. But transformation is the starting point of a greater warfare. God help me. Because for every level there are new devils. God help me. Yeah you might beat the old habit but it's new habits on this level. God help me. Oh God y'all don't get it yet. You don't get it yet. See there were certain sins that you fell into when you were broke because you didn't have access to more stuff with money. God help me. So now you might not be trifling in a certain area because you ain't broke no more. God help me. But now that you got resources and money. God help me. You try in different areas so now i come to church and i tithe because when i was broke i couldn't tithe but now i got a new job and i tithe but i'm still nasty god help me i'm still sleeping around god help me i still got issues now because i can go and make myself look a little better i can be a little fresh i can put some gas in my car and slide to the south side in the middle of the night is there anybody here who can say i'm changed but i'm still fighting some stuff But even when you don't feel like you've been changed, you got to know you've been changed. Not because you always act different, but because God said you're different. God, help me. You got to believe what God said about you. Even when you feel something different. Okay. I got to quit for real. Uh, Let me close it like this. He says, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel. For you have striven with God and with men. Israel means strives with God, wrestles with God. It says you have striven with God and with men and you have prevailed. Huh. But at the end of verse 29, I see something interesting. It says that after the struggle was over and God gets ready to bless Jacob, God doesn't take Jacob to another place to bless him. But the end of verse 29 says, Pam, and he blessed him there. In the place of the struggle. In the place of his pain. In the place Where he contracted the limp that would be with him for the rest of his life. The Bible says that God didn't take him away from the place of pain pain to bless him. But he blessed him in the place of the trauma. God help me. And some of you are missing your blessing. Because you're trying to relocate too soon. God help me. God says... When I get ready to bless you, I'm not going to move you to bless you because there were some people that saw you while you were going through your pain. So I've got to bless you where you were hurting. God, help me. I know they talked about your kids because they was trifling, but God says, I'm going to bless you right there. I know they tried to get you fired off of that job and they wouldn't give you the resources that you need to be successful. But don't move too soon. I'm going to bless you. I know that your marriage was falling apart and you felt like divorce was the best option. But God said, give me a minute. I'm going to bless you. There. He says he blessed him there. But then secondly, (laughs) the Bible says that Jacob names the place, verse 30. Mike, you can play something so I can quit. Uh, uh, The Bible says, verse 30, he named the place Peniel, which means the face of God. Because Jacob said, I have seen God face to face and my life has been preserved. When Jacob gets ready to name the place of his pain, when Jacob gets ready to commemorate the place of the blessing, Jacob doesn't name the place according to his pain. Jacob names the place Because he experienced God in a way that he never experienced him before. And too many of us are missing the blessing of transformation because we want to name the place based on our pain. That's the place where they hurt me. That's the place where they rejected me. That's the place where they walked away from me. That's the place where he lied. That's the place where he cheated. That's the place where she left me. But God says don't name the places in your life according to your pain. Name the places of your life according to where you experienced God. Because Jacob said even though I got an injury that's going to last me the rest of my life I'm not going to call this place the place where I was injured. I'm going to call this place the place where I met God. And you got to learn how to declare in spite of how bad it hurts you In spite of how terrible it was, this is where I met God. This is where I found out that God was a provider. Yeah, he he says, this is the place where I met him. I saw him face to face. And uh, I know that people say nobody will see God and live, but Jacob says, look, I just made it through a situation that I wasn't supposed to survive. And if Jacob can survive a wrestling match with God, surely he can survive seeing his brother Esau. Stand to your feet. Not because Jacob is strong, because notice he lives, leaves the wrestling match crippled. But he's able to survive because the God that was fighting with him at night is going to fight for him in the morning. I know you've been feeling like you've been wrestling with God. But he's on your side. That's how you're going to be able to make it. That's why you ain't got to fear Monday morning. Because the God that fought with you at night trying to wrestle that trifling nature out of you, trying to wrestle that old man away, trying to put that old spirit in the ground. The same God that fought against you at night is fighting for you in the daytime. He'll make every enemy behave. He'll make every wicked co-worker leave you alone. He's fighting for you. And I want to pray for some people right now who are transformed. But they don't feel it all the time. And you've doubted whether or not you really saved, whether or not you really got it, whether or not you really purposed, whether or not you're really destined. Because you're fighting. And you've even considered giving up the fight and just identifying yourself by your issue. You say crazy stuff like this is just who I am. This is who I'm always going to be. But that's a lie from the enemy. You are Israel. Israel. Even if you still got Jacob moments. As a matter of fact, Jacob was something that followed him for the rest of his life. As a matter of fact, based on how he was acting in the moment, the Bible even calls him Jacob or Israel based on how saved he's acting. So he says, hey, this is a Jacob moment, but Israel's still in there somewhere. And today I want to speak to the Israel in you. I want to speak to the prince, the princess, the royalty in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for these, your people. These people who you've touched and God, some of them are even limping right now. But God, let them know that they're still chosen. Limping but still anointed, limping, but still blessed, limping, but still qualified, because you don't call the qualified, God, you qualify the call, that they are able, that they are fit, that they are ready, not because of anything in them, but because you have chosen them, oh God, and let them know that in their heart of hearts. God, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice who's been wrestling with an issue wrestling with a problem and God we thank you that because of Jesus we no longer have to wrestle for our transformation because Jesus did that on the cross the fight to transform us has already been won but God we fight every day to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ so God I pray that you give them the strength to fight on that you encourage them oh God That even in every battle, in every war, there are battles that you lose. God, don't allow them to identify themselves by their lost battles. God, we were lonely. We had needs. We lost that battle. God, people try us and we lost our temper. We lost that battle. God, being saved and single is hard. And I know that getting married ain't going to fix it. I lost that battle. Tried to be a good man, be a good woman. I lost that battle. But God, even though we've lost battles, you don't name us based on our lost battles. You name us on the victory that you provided through Jesus. So even though we may have lost many battles, oh God, we've won the war and victory in Jesus. And God, we give you praise for it now. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of the Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God praise. You got to be able to say, I'm not going to let this thing go until I get what I want. How many of y'all can say that? I'm leaving with new tenacity. I'm leaving with new perseverance. I'm changed. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Amen. Amen.